Would you expect to find lead in your multivitamins? You heard me correctly. I said lead, the stuff we took out of gasoline, the stuff we worry about in paint chips that little uh, kids might eat. Uh, Today we're talking about dietary supplements and some fairly startling findings with a man whose company did the investigation on lead and many other things. Welcome to the Washington Health Report. I'm your host, Paul Rayburn. My guest today has been rating healthcare products and services since 1994. In 2000, he turned his attention to supplements with a website and then a book. The website, ConsumerLab.com, offers the results of tests of vitamins, supplements, minerals, all kinds of things to find out what's really in them. Often it's something that shouldn't be, or often the thing that is supposed to be isn't there. Uh, to just give you a sampling from ConsumerLab.com's homepage, here are some of the items. Uh, key ingredients missing in many arthritis supplements. St. John's Ward supplements fail to pass tests. Problems found with 12 multivitamins and on and on. I will say they're not all negative. One says quality of SAMe supplements improves, so there's a little bit of good news, but mostly lots of problems. Our guest is Dr. Todd Cooperman, and we're going to ask him about some of those problems. Welcome to the program, Dr. Cooperman. Thanks for having me on, Paul. Now, if I'm remembering right, one of the uh, thing investigations that you did that attracted a lot of press some time ago was the issue of lead in vitamins and some other pills. Can you just briefly recap what you found there? Sure. This was actually the third time we looked at uh, multivitamins, going out and buying all types of popular products. And we found that about 40% of the multivitamins did not pass our tests. Some of the problems that we found were, as you mentioned, lead in, uh, for example, a woman's multivitamin had 15 micrograms of lead per daily serving, which if you think about the lead that you're exposed to normally in, in our environment from food and drink, it's about three micrograms per day. So you're getting five times the amount of lead just from this multivitamin, which obviously is something you're taking to help yourself and not to uh, contaminate yourself. All right, surprise, yeah. Now, uh, when did you first look at lead in multivitamins? We've been looking at lead for oh, at least five or six years, I forget. Um, but we have found lead in, in other products as well. We find lead in uh, other mineral supplements. It could be a potassium supplement, magnesium supplements. Uh, we've seen it in iron supplements. It is inherent you know, within minerals that you might find some lead that comes out of the ground. But manufacturers certainly can avoid the lead by testing these products and, and basically cleaning it up or choosing materials that are low in lead. In the calcium area, lead was a big problem for a while, but the government focused on it, manufacturers cleaned it up. But what we see happening now is lead is now appearing in other places like the multivitamins, like the other minerals, and also in herbal supplements, which can be contaminated with pesticides, lead. Cadmium actually is a naturally occurring uh, contaminant in some herbs as well. So you're saying that lead was found in multivitamins uh, that you founded in there five years ago, but and there's still lead in some multivitamins and other products? Right. There are many products on the market. There's like 21,000 supplements sold in the United States. That's an estimate because they don't have to be registered. But we have found lead in many products, not always the same ones over and over, but uh, we found lead in a children's vitamin uh, three years ago, which we were concerned by because children have a much lower, much greater, higher sensitivity to lead. They can only tolerate about six micrograms per day. An adult can tolerate about 10 times that amount. And then this children's vitamin, we found three micrograms, which put on top of the other couple of micrograms you get per day from everything else, it puts them right at the limit of, of, of potential toxicity. One could imagine a public health program in which disadvantaged kids' apartments and houses are being cleaned up with lead paint and they're being encouraged to take vitamins and 
they're getting led all over again. Yeah, it's, 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 it's definitely an area uh, that, that's been overlooked. This is one of those truth is stranger than fiction things. If I saw that in a family drama on TV, I wouldn't believe it. You mentioned that the calcium products were cleaned up because of pressure by the government. Was that the FDA? And if the FDA cleaned up lead in calcium, why isn't it cleaned up lead in multivitamins and herbs and everything, everywhere else? Actually, it's not really the FDA. Um, it's, uh, the state of California has been most aggressive. The FDA doesn't even have a lead limit. In fact, just a few weeks ago, Congressman uh, Henry Waxman sent a letter to the FDA specifically asking them why they hadn't acted on Consumer Lab's findings of lead in our recent report. So the FDA really has not done much in this area. California is the only state that has set a limit on lead in supplements and has done much more than the FDA Um, you cannot sell a supplement in in California without a warning label if it has over half a microgram of lead in it per day. There are some exemptions. Calcium supplements can have a little bit more. Uh, Some herbal supplements can have a little bit more. But we have routinely found products that exceed those limits. If you have just joined us, you are listening to the Washington Health Report on ReachMD XM233, the channel for medical professionals. I'm your host, Paul Rayburn. We're talking to Dr. Todd Cooperman of ConsumerLab.com, a company that investigates what's really in the supplements and vitamins consumers buy and what isn't in them. Let me ask you, Dr. Cooperman, you do these investigations on all these supplements, various products. Where does ConsumerLab.com get its funding? Most of our revenue comes from subscriptions. So we have now about 35,000 individuals, uh, many of which are actually physicians and nutritionists, who subscribe to our information. It's only $27 per year for results on all the products uh, that we've tested in the last uh, several years. There are over 900 of them on the website right now covering all types of supplements. We also have a voluntary certification program. So any manufacturer that voluntarily wants their product tested can certainly come to us, pay a fee, and we'll run it through the same tests that we run the products through that we pick off the shelves on our own. Okay, so many of our listeners are physicians. If they wanted to go to ConsumerLab.com and take a look, they could subscribe, and the idea would be they would get information that could help them in deciding what to recommend to their patients. Sure. We, we, we routinely hear from consumers who have been sent to our site by their doctors who have told them to take some kind of supplement but then said, you know, we really don't know what's in these, so we were we recommend you check it out on Consumer Lab. Now, one of your recent investigations has uh, been to look at glucosamine and chondroitin, which are used, uh, I think, uh, by the president, among other people, uh, uh, for his uh, aching runner's knees. Uh, tell us a little bit about what you found when you looked at those supplements. Sure. First, there's very good evidence for glucosamine and chondroitin uh, for people with moderate to severe osteoarthritis. So we have been looking for several years now at, at these combinations Unfortunately, what we found very recently in our most uh, recent testing is that the majority of products claiming to contain chondroitin did not contain the chondroitin or only contained part of the chondroitin that they claimed. Some of them, some of them contained no chondroitin at all. Some had none at all. And it says chondroitin one. right on the bottle. Absolutely. Uh, you know, what's, and, what's in there? What's uh, in them? Well, there are probably other compounds in there that trick some tests, some nonspecific tests that can be done for chondroitin, which is what we think is happening as it's possible a manufacturer could just be shorting the amount they're putting in in the first place, but I think more likely is they're buying poor quality material um, that doesn't really have chondroitin in it, and they aren't, they're not taking the time to really check to see if those uh, materials are, are uh, high quality or not. But in some cases, you're saying that they could put materials in there that are cheaper, and even in a, in a quick test, it would look like the products contain chondroitin when they don't. Exactly right. And so we used a very specific... There's a heck of a business opportunity. That's a good business plan. You put <laughs> well, there, there are certainly raw material suppliers out there you know, of all, all levels of quality, and some of those uh, at the lower level are 
currently selling chondroitin that is not really chondroitin, uh, but has other compounds that look like chondroitin to these nonspecific tests. If you have just joined us, you are listening to the Washington Health Report on ReachMD XM233, the channel for medical professionals. I'm your host, Paul Rayburn. We're talking to Dr. Todd Cooperman of ConsumerLab.com, a company that investigates what's really in the supplements and vitamins consumers buy and what isn't in them. Now, is for the consumer to get some help here, I mean, they can look at ConsumerLab.com, I assume, and uh, they can check brand names and so forth there? Right. And physicians can do the same. Absolutely. Is there any protection in buying brand names versus generic products? Uh, is there? Is it? Does it matter whether you buy them at a health food store or at a chain pharmacy? Uh, is there any guidance along those lines? Yeah, it's a very good question. We get it all the time, and and we do test products from every uh, all the different channels out there in terms of distribution. So what we what we generally find is the bigger name pro- uh, brands generally have higher quality. Not always, and uh, again, it comes down to you know it's very it's very product by product specific, where they can make a very good multivitamin, but maybe their chondroitin doesn't really have the chondroitin. So the bigger brands tend to be better. We've even found some products sold at Walmart, which can be very good because if they're really putting pressure on the manufacturers to to do a good job, price doesn't always correspond with quality. If it's if it's if it looks too good to be true, it probably is too good to be true. Um, so you know, super cheap products which otherwise are expensive, probably are, are not high quality. But it doesn't have to be the highest priced product to be the best product. In our multivitamin testing, we looked at a product that was $3 a day, and it didn't have any of its, I think it was vitamin A, that it claimed to contain. Many of these supplements are unproven medical value. So it's conceivable, I guess, aggravating the problem that people might take these things, and it's still difficult to know. I mean, it's difficult to know whether it's working or not, because even if you know it contains the product, it may not be effective. So in other words, there would be no sign that this thing, this is a defective product. It's not doing what it's supposed to do. Right. That's absolutely true. And especially if you're taking it on a, on a preventive uh, basis, you know, you're just not going to know if it's, if, it's, if it's there or not, you know. Um, there are some products where you will feel an effect, uh, like St. John's Ward for anti-depression, valerian as a sleep supplement. Um, but even those can take weeks or months to work, during which time, you know, again, you don't know what, you know, if what you're taking is, is real or not. Now, you have another, in addition to ConsumerLab.com, you have another website called PharmacyChecker.com. Tell us a little bit about that one. People began to ask us, our ConsumerLab uh, uh, subscribers, what we thought of the products being sold online by Internet pharmacies, by discount pharmacies, Canadian pharmacies. Sure, consumers uh, began asking us what we thought of the quality of, of prescription drugs being sold by Canadian pharmacies, discount pharmacies, uh, online pharmacies, and we realized there was no one out there really to tell them which of these pharmacies were legitimate or not. So we began another uh, group called PharmacyChecker.com, which is a free site, where people can go and, and find out what we've learned about these pharmacies, if they're licensed or not, if they have good privacy policies, etc. Actually, what happened as a result is uh, Google, Microsoft, uh, and Yahoo came to us and said they needed someone to evaluate the pharmacies that advertise on their site. So we've actually become basically a gatekeeper, so any, any pharmacy that wants to be on those search engines uh, as advertisers also has to come through Pharmacy Checker. But in addition to all that, since we're working with all these pharmacies and, and uh, gathering information from them. We also are now gathering their price information so that a consumer can go on and and find really the lowest price on any brand or generic drug in the United States or Canada at this point. Um, And and the savings can be tremendous, and the quality is really the same whether you're buying it uh, at any of these pharmacies. 
So that's what Pharmacy Checker is all about. I know some physicians recommend that consumers go there if they're, you know, basically uh, products not covered by their formulary. It's funny, my own father-in-law was trying to get a product. Uh, he has good health insurance, but it just wasn't on his formulary. And he, he used our website and went to Canada, you know, on the web uh, and was able to get the same product for a third of what he would have had to go uh, to his pharmacy to get it for. Well, thanks for being with us, Dr. Cooperman. That will bring us to a close. We've been talking to Dr. Todd Cooperman, president and founder of ConsumerLab.com. Check that website out for more information about what is in supplements and what isn't in them. Also, you might want to take a look at his other website, PharmacyChecker.com, which will rate pharmacies and tell you something about drug prices. I'm your host, Paul Rayburn. You have been listening to the Washington Health Report on ReachMD XM233 the channel for medical professionals. If you have comments and questions, we would love to hear from you. Send us an email at xm at reachmd.com. Thanks for listening, and please be with us next time.